Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello, everyone. My name is Manpreet and welcome to Through the Noise. Now, the big market event that we're only a few hours away from is Fed Chair Powell's key speech at the Jackson Hole Symposium. Now, listeners with a keen memory will recall that in some recent years, the Fed Chair's speech at Jackson Hole has ended up having a big big impact on markets via the signal, of course, on future Fed policy. This event notwithstanding, of course, we still have quite a bit to talk about on topics like Japanese stocks, uh, Chinese equities and commodity currencies. So to do that, uh, today we're joined by Audrey Goh, who heads Asta Location at the CIO office. So welcome, Audrey. Thanks for joining us today. Um, why don't we start by you know unpacking for our listeners uh, the slew of manufacturing and services data we got uh, last week. Japan in particular, of course, seems to stand out. But for investors, what are the investment implications? Well, thanks, Manpreet. Well, so the, the past week of economic data from developed markets have brought to light some salient trends. Um, for one, the global weaknesses in manufacturing and trade appears to be spreading to the services sector. This was quite noticeable in Europe, where the service sector activity has started to contract, uh, but also in the US, where the sector is now barely in the expansionary territory. Um, Japan is probably the sole exception, where we are seeing a sustained uptrend in service sector activity on the back of stronger domestic demand, uh, resilient exports, and an upturn in tourism uh, um, sector. Um, against the backdrop, we believe that the Fed as well as the ECB, uh, both central banks, are likely largely done with their rate hiking cycle, with perhaps one more rate hike to go for the ECB, given that uh, inflation is still quite elevated, uh, while the pressure is certainly rising for the BOJ to end its ultra-accommodative monetary policy. Um, improvements in Japanese economic outlook is adding to our constructive views on Japanese equities, and year-to-date, Japanese equities have gained by around 12%, with performance trailing only behind the U.S. equities among developed markets this year. And this remains a preferred key equity region for us. Um, Valuations are also relatively inexpensive. Uh, We've got domestic growth picking up and companies are regaining their pricing power. And as such, we do expect corporate Japan to deliver upside earnings surprise, and that will allow them to boost dividends and continue with the record share buybacks. Now, the main risk to our constructive view is a potential sharp rise in the yen if the BOJ were to end its uh, U-curve control policy in the near term. um, This is why we would leave our Japanese equities exposure FX unhatched. Now, the diverging outlook between Japan as well as the euro area also suggests that this year's strong rally in the euro-yen is probably also close to a peak, and hence uh, Japanese-based carry trade as well may be at risk in our opinion. Thanks, Audrey. Um, now, I think Powell's speech notwithstanding, uh, I think we still need to talk about 10-year government uh, bond yields, where, of course, you know, the 10-year touch 4.36% before retracing from there. Um, what do you make of the recent rise in U.S. bond yields? Um, for an investor, is the risk-reward still attractive? Well, uh, Powell's speech later tonight at the Jackson Hole can certainly have some influence on bond yields. Uh, but that being said, we continue to view U.S. and developed market investment-grade government bonds as offering attractive risk-reward. Um, the rise in yields over the last few weeks can be largely attributed to concerns over a slower pace of rate cuts by the Fed, increased bond pressure supply, as well as investors positioning for a hawkish message from the Fed Chair Powell at the Jackson Hole Symposium. 
um, risk reward on debug, debug market government bonds continue to look attractive given our views that yields are likely to decline significantly over the 12 months horizon. Uh, if we look at the recent PMI data, we have continued to see signs of slowdowns there, uh, as well as indications of easing labor market demand simply means that barring an unexpectedly strong hawkish tone from Fed Chair Powell later tonight, um, the markets will start focusing on the timing and magnitude of rate, Fed rate cuts going forward. This could well push the 10-year US government bond yield towards 3.25% over the next 12 months and resulting in capital gains for investors. And ever since the Fed started hiking rates in 2022, the 10-year US government bond yield has also been largely correlated to the expected Fed fund rate in 12 months' time. However, if we look at Fed fund rate expectation, those have remained largely stable over the past few weeks. Um, hence, the recent rise in yields indicate to us somewhat of a disconnect with fundamentals. And indeed, if we look at speculative short positioning uh, in US Treasury bonds, it is quite elevated. And that, combined with increased supply pressure, seems to have led to a temporary dislocation in yields that we are seeing today. And last but not least, uh, with 4.5% uh, being a key resistance level for the 10-year bond yield, we do view the risk-reward as being quite favourable for investors over the next 12 months. If yields were to, say, rise to 4.5%, uh, investors can still eke out a positive returns on US Treasury bonds. However, if yields were to decline to 3.25%, which is our target level over a 12 months horizon, then bond returns can easily exceed uh, 10 to 11%. So overall, we do see the potential risk-reward profile as pretty asymmetrical. And from a technical perspective as well, we see 4.1%, 4.16% uh, as a near-term support, while the 4.5% is a key resistance level for the 10-year bond yield over the next three months. All right. Uh, maybe moving to the other side of the world, Chinese equities, uh, they've been under some pressure. Uh, but in your view, are they now close to a bottom? It is quite hard to conclude if a bottom is in place. Uh, so instead, we will look to signposts in the form of bottom-ups uh, company earnings as well as top-down policy development to assess if a bottom is near. So if we look at the Q2 earnings season so far for MSCI China, it has been pretty lackluster. According to Bloomberg, 32% of companies in MSCI China have reported earnings and collectively, they have, they have delivered a negative 1% earnings surprise and a negative 5% sales surprise. Um, out of the 11 sectors, only 5 sectors managed to deliver positive earnings surprise, including our overweight sectors on the consumer services as well as consumer uh, discretionary. And we do continue to believe that these two sectors can outperform the broader market as they will benefit from a recovery in consumer spending. From a top-down perspective, Monetary easing has thus far been unable to encourage a broad corporate expansion. Um, Chinese households continue to maintain a high savings rate, mainly due to a general lack of confidence. And we believe that the lack of demand here remains a central issue for the economy and will likely require the government to step in via more significant, more aggressive uh, fiscal stimulus. And until then, we will need to see key technical support levels whole before deciding to add exposure to AXG equities or China. If you look at the Hang Seng Index, uh, the next key support level is around 16,800. 
Thanks, Audrey. Um, I suppose the related question is on commodity currencies, uh, which have been under some pressure amid some of the macro challenges in China you just described, but also in some cases like the Aussie uh, due to domestic factors such as slower wage growth. What's your outlook for commodity currencies? So on the Aussie dollar, markets have further priced out a possible uh, rate hike by the Reserve Bank of Australia. And if the US dollar continues to remain resilient after Fed Chair Powell's speech at the Jackson Hole, then we would expect the pair to test uh, 0.6060 over the next two to four weeks. Um, and in terms of New Zealand dollar, uh, it has largely underperformed other major commodity currencies. And the tone of the Reserve Bank of New Zealand has also shifted to one of signaling rate hikes likely to remain at the current restrictive levels for an extended period of time. Um, they are also emphasizing on easing labor shortages due to Im- immigrations as well as softening demand. So net-net, uh, we do expect the New Zealand dollars to test 0.56 over the next two to four weeks. And last but not least, the Canadian dollar has been the most resilient uh, commodity currency year to date, uh, given pretty resilient oil prices. Uh, even though a, a pullback in oil demand remained a risk, especially in a recessionary uh, sort of view, uh, the supply side continue to remain quite tight and therefore it is likely to limit further significant price decline when it comes to oil. And technically speaking, uh, if we look at the US dollar CAC, that remains pretty oversold and we will expect the pair to test near-term support at around 1.33. All right. Thanks, Audrey. Uh, I think that's all we have time for today. So we'll end it there. Uh, My big takeaways, of course, from this conversation... First is Japanese equities, which might potentially offer an inexpensive way to gain exposure uh, to upside risk in equities. Second, as we just heard on commodity currencies, the Canadian dollar uh, potentially being a short-term opportunity uh, from a combination of energy price and technicals, at least over the next couple of weeks. And third, Powell's speech notwithstanding, when you look at US bond yields, uh, this reward still appearing uh, positive and attractive in our view, given where yields are today. So thanks, Audrey, for for taking the time to join us today. And thank you, listeners, uh, for joining us. Uh, We hope you enjoyed the conversation and we look forward to speaking with you again next week. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details, visit Market Views on the go on our website or click the link in the description.